The year was 1983. I was nine years old, and there was only one thing on my Christmas wish list, and that was a Cabbage Patch doll. In fact, it was the only gift I wanted. I am aging myself, and I'm totally fine with that. Each night, uh, my family and I would watch the news, and if you know anything about this, leading up to Christmas, all you would see were reports after reports of the utter chaos of people scooping up this doll and shelves being just dismantled. Sales were through the roof, and in fact, the doll was very, very hard to find. It was chaotic. In fact, Cabbage Patch dolls would be the first to create a violent frenzy amongst shoppers, and people would often get injured, some taken away in ambulance with broken limbs. True story. It was insane. In fact, just to show you how insane it was, here's a little clip of some of the chaos you can appreciate. Patch kids themselves look calm enough, and why not? They're not just any old doll. Each one is unique and has a name and a birth certificate to prove it. And if you're popular enough that folks will start acting like this in order to adopt you, your future certainly looks rosy. Of course, you have to be unbreakable, too. Rosy. Of course, you have to be unbreakable, too. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, legit. So people would stand outside for hours, sometimes like from midnight till the store opened in the morning, just trying to get one of these dolls. It was insane. But it was all that I talked about because it was all that I wanted. I had high hopes that I would find one under the tree that Christmas. My hopes were high. However, as we got closer to Christmas, it became apparent that the Cabbage Patch doll would probably not be a reality for me. In fact, our local Kmart had had some, but the blue light special ensured that they were all but gone. And week after week, I felt this hopelessness coming over me. My dreams were being shattered. My parents even prepared me, conversation after conversation, letting me know that there was just no way our little Kmart in our little town was going to get any more Cabbage Patch dolls and not to be so disappointed on Christmas morning when I did not find one under the Christmas tree. I was most likely not going to get what I so desperately wanted. Well, Christmas arrived, and as we sat around at my nana and grandfather's house in their living room, the presents dwindled, and no doll appeared. I was devastated. But then, a gift came around the corner, presented to me in a garbage bag. What? Could this be it? Was this the moment I had actually been dreaming about? As I torn to the bag, I was shocked to discover... Dun, dun, dun. A cradle. (laughs) Yes, a cradle. Now, my proud grandfather stood up and said that he made this for me. He actually made this over 40 years ago for me. And he said, it's actually made for a Cabbage Patch doll, of which I did not own one. I forced a smile of gratitude on my face, and I said, it's beautiful, but I don't have a Cabbage Patch doll. And he said, well, maybe one day you can find one. I thought they're heartbroken. What good is a cradle when you have no doll? Well, a few moments later, another garbage bag appeared. Yeah, that's me. You can laugh. It's okay. Right? I didn't have a front tooth for four years. My hair is extra special. 
That's me at nine years old. Well, a few minutes later, another garbage bag appeared. And as it was placed before me to open up, I can still feel the joy and excitement that rushed through my body. The shock and disbelief that was before me was a coveted Cabbage Patch doll. Oh, yeah. She was mine. I was about to adopt her, sign the papers, and know that forever she was mine. Her name was Olga. And in fact, here she is. Different outfit, but this is Olga. She's been in my life since I was nine years old. I know. Hi, Olga. Nice to have you here. Well, see, she fits nicely right in there. Well, we're in the season of Advent, which is a time of waiting and preparing. Advent, as we heard this morning, means coming. It's also a time where we pause to recognize our human state and appreciate the hope, joy, peace, and love that is about to break forth from the darkness and the call for us to make room for the good news and joy of Jesus' arrival. We are very familiar with the Christmas story, but today my hope is that we can look at things just a little bit differently and understand the opportunity we have to prepare room for him in our lives and to discover true, deep joy. So let's read from Luke this morning. So, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, laying in a manger. You see, I will never forget the joy of the day I received my cabbage patch. Now, I know it may seem silly, (laughs) but I lived in anticipation of her. I was ready to open my heart, my arms, to hug her and to love her. And yes, it is just a doll. But my nine-year-old self was overjoyed with her arrival. Maybe you can think of something in your own life that you've been anticipating, waiting patiently for, and then one day, it happened. The very thing you were hoping for, wanting or dreaming about, finally became a reality. A wave of deep gratitude, joy, and excitement most likely overwhelmed you in those moments. What are you anticipating in your life? Well, it was much the same for Mary. The news of the birth of Jesus was also much anticipated moment for the world, though many never anticipated the Messiah to come as a baby. They were still anticipating his coming. Advent, the coming of Jesus, begins with a call for preparation. You see, you and I are called to prepare our hearts to welcome Jesus. 
Sadly, as the moment approached for Mary to give birth, there was no room anywhere. No one could take her in. So she came to a stable, a lowly barn. She made space among the hay to lay down and birth a child. In the cool of the night, she prepared a space to welcome the King of Kings. You know, one of the most well-known Christmas hymns is Joy to the World, and we even sang it here this morning. But the first verse captures the essence of what we're talking about today. It says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. You see, you and I are called to prepare our hearts to welcome Jesus, but... Much like Bethlehem, there is no room for him at the inn. And in our lives, we often don't have space for Jesus either. We tend to have things clutter our lives. Sometimes that's our schedules or our busyness. And God is asking us to prepare our lives and to make room for God's gift. To make room for his presence in our lives. To set aside the busyness, the chaos, the stuff that takes up so much room in our lives and to make space for him. It's not about squeezing in time or room for Jesus into our schedules, but it's about creating space for the awareness of his presence. Surely, we can find some room somewhere. You know, early last year, our family found out that we were growing our young daughter was going to have a baby. Now, in the coming months, some big changes were headed our way, and and it was time for us to prepare as a family. Where would he sleep? Where are we going to put him? How are we going to help her and do this together? It was an unexpected moment. And that's Asher right there. That's his actual little ultrasound. Isn't he cute? (laughs) Like, what is that? Well, In order to prepare for him, it required some housekeeping, some sacrifices, and some adjustments to begin to make room in our home for Asher's pending arrival. We had to declutter. We had to move our son from the only bedroom he's ever known to the basement. Don't worry, he got a good deal. (laughs) Down in the basement. It's a man cave now. But he had to move everything he owned, clear out his room, We had to paint walls, change things around, get rid of stuff. We even had a garage sale to try and sell stuff so we can make some money to purchase some of the necessary things that we needed. We worked hard to prepare to find secondhand things that would would help us, that we could use. We were gifted new and used items. We shifted our house around to make room for this new baby. It was a lot of work, hard work. And as we worked to prepare a room for this little guy in our lives, We made and shifted things around. And once it was done, we sat and we waited. Asher's room became a bit of a sanctuary for our family, to be honest. It wasn't unusual to find Caden sitting in her rocking chair, Nevin laying on the floor curled up with our dog, sitting in the dimly lit room, just waiting. We'd go in there and we would just hang out. We'd dream, we'd laugh, we'd wonder what this would all be like. We spent time. It was surreal. And yet we knew that we had done all we could to prepare for this little guy's arrival. There were so many things we had no control over and we could not anticipate. 
but it was all overshadowed by the joy and anticipation of Asher's soon arrival. This little person entering our lives and forever changing our family in the most amazing way possible. You know, I'm sure Mary would have loved to have prepared a room for her baby so many years ago. Making room through the long trek to Bethlehem because of the census, but she had nowhere to go when she got there. I'm sure she had no idea that she would not be able to give birth in a safe, warm place. But the time came for her and she went into labor. And yet in the lowly and humble offering of a stable, she lay upon the hay. She cried, she bled, and she pushed the Savior of the world into existence. A world that wasn't fully prepared for him, but a world that was desperately in need of him. She lay him, wrapped in swaddling cloth in a manger, in the cool of the night. Did anyone care? Did anyone know he was there? Her precious little bundle of joy, who would soon be known as Emmanuel, God with us, the joy of the world. But was anyone ready? Do we have room in our heart for him? Have we prepared ourselves for his arrival, for his presence? You know, I knew excitement and joy when I received Olga as a gift. But little did I know the reality of the joy that I would really have until I actually birthed my own children. And then now working to prepare for the birth of our first grandbaby. And yet, even those amazingly significant life transitions don't compare to the joy that I hold on to because of Christ in my life. He has been my strength, the one who sustains me in the darkness, the one who shows me the way. You see, I had room in my heart to welcome Olga and to love her. And yes, I know she's just a doll, but I was actually honored to have her. I deeply appreciated her, and I cared for her. My nine-year-old self knew that my heart had grown bigger and that I could take care of her. I could love her. And when I had my own children, I felt my heart explode with joy at these little people that were now part of my life, and I knew that I could love them and care for them. And then another layer of love that exploded with the birth of our grandson Watching his birth and making room in my heart to love him was amazing. But how much more so should it be with Christ? The joy of receiving him, the anticipation of his presence with us, the treasures that we can store in our hearts of his working in our lives, the hope he brings and the joy set before us because of all he has done. You know, disappointment is a real thing in life, but so is joy. When we prepare room for God's presence in our lives, we discover a deep joy that can satisfy, that quenches a longing to be loved and valued. Preparing our lives to make room for him allows us to know his joy and his presence in a way that is real and tangible. We heard this morning that happiness is fleeting, but true joy is something that speaks to the depth of our heart and who we are. We can often allow our experiences in life to consume a lot of room in our lives. And I think God wants us to ask this question of ourselves this morning. He says to us, do you have room for me? 
Perhaps he's saying, there is no room for me. You have filled your heart with so many things that there's nothing left for me to occupy. You know, I came across a blog as I was preparing and it challenged me and I want to share some of it with you today. I was challenged to ask myself these very things. What's filling up the chambers of my heart this Christmas and where do I personally need to do some housekeeping? Maybe you can relate to some of these things this morning. So here's a few examples of some things that seem to clutter up our lives and don't allow us to make space for the presence of God. The first is busyness. We're all familiar with this. The void of time we fill with all the things that we have going on, running here or there, work, school, social events, family, friends, sports, activities, our favorite TV or Netflix show. We fill our emptiness with busyness. The second thing is anger, bitterness, and disappointment. These are all very real things. And I know that I felt these things, and truth be told, they can take up a lot of room in us. We can consume ourselves with the wrongs that have been done against us, the injustices of disappointments, maybe at work or a failure, the anger towards someone who has betrayed us, maybe a financial loss or even a broken relationship. Anger, bitterness, and disappointment can sit in us for a long time and take up a lot of space. Next is pain and sorrow. We're human and we hurt. We do things that carry consequences and hurt others, or maybe we ourselves have been hurt. We walk through the loss of a loved one or the loss of our health, the loss of a dream or a transition in our job. Pain and sorrow meet each of us, but it's how we process and even learn to make room for God's presence in the pain that matters most. Another thing that takes up room in our lives is selfishness and self-pity. We can spend a lot of time here and not even realize it. Feeling sorry for ourselves, wondering if things are ever going to change, replaying things over and over and over again in our minds. The woe is me can consume a lot of our energy. Forgiveness is key, but it often is easier to stay stuck. Another area of our lives that we give a lot of space to is doubt and unbelief. I love how one author put it. She said, at some point, faith and hope packed up and left, leaving behind two unwelcome twins, doubt and unbelief. They were unpleasant guests as they constantly screamed, will things ever get better? All of us can identify with at least one of these things that occupy space in our hearts and our lives, pushing out the ability to have the presence of God sit with us. Maybe this morning we have to serve some eviction notices to places in our hearts that are taking up too much space. We need to choose to make room for Jesus and what he has for us. Preparing room means taking an inventory of what's really in our hearts and cleaning house. We know what it means to get ready for Christmas. For some of us, there's baking and cookies, cleaning or even shopping. For those who live far from home, there's travel preparations and figuring out all those arrangements to get home. For students, there's papers and finals and exams and all the last-minute assignments that you have to get done. 
We know that things can look very busy and full this time of year, but do we know what it looks like to make room for God's presence amongst us, for making room for what matters most, how to declutter and to make room for the joy and the presence of Jesus in our lives. You know, even Mary was preparing her heart. Luke 2.19 says this, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She was making room for her son, for all the good things yet to come, preparing herself to hold these treasures in her heart. Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell, you of, I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. You see, the only way that you and I can talk about the good things that God has done in our lives is if we've actually made room for him in our lives, in our hearts, and to hold on to those truths and then to share them. So, how can you and I make room for him? I want to give us some time this morning to identify some of those things in our own lives and how we can work past some of those things that are occupying our priorities. Maybe as I've even been sharing, you can think, oh yeah, that actually consumes a lot of time in my life. Or yeah, I do have a lot of those things cluttering up my life, my mind, my heart, the worry, the anxiety, the busyness, the doubt, the frustration, the disappointment, the hurt, the pain. These things consume space within us. So what do you need to declutter this morning? Maybe taking a few minutes to write them down and recognize what's taking up too much room of your time, too much time and room in your life is necessary, whether you do that on your phone or a piece of paper. Perhaps talking with a trusted friend to help keep you accountable with some of your time and where you're putting it. Maybe going for a walk would allow you space to breathe deep and walk away from the busyness of the moments you find yourselves in. Maybe when you're surrounded with friends and family this Christmas season, instead of rushing through the moments, what would happen if you just stopped? You looked around. You see those you love and appreciate and allow yourself to feel gratitude for them. Maybe it's taking time to pull out your Bible and read the Christmas story and allow yourself to be overcome with the purity and innocence of a child and thanking God for the gift of Jesus and ask him to help you recognize what really that means in your life today. I want to give you a minute just to think. What's taking up space in your heart today? What's consuming for you that isn't allowing you to make room for the presence of God, for his joy? Is it the tasks? Is it the responsibilities? Is it burdens? Whatever those are, I want you to think about them this morning. And then it's choosing to stop and actually look at where God's presence is working around you. We need to declutter to prepare room and space for his presence. But it's very, very easy for us to keep packing it in and do all the things and get all the stuff. And But he wants us to prepare room. He wants us to open ourselves up, to let go of these things that fill so much of the space of our hearts 
and prepare room for him, for his presence, his joy and his hope and his love. The busyness will always exist. But have we made room in our lives and in our hearts for the joy of his presence, for the calm he desires to bring us, for the love he has for us, for the peace he wants to bring in the chaos that clamors for our time, for the hope that he wants to gift us when all seems heavy and dark? I know for myself I want to lavish in that joy this year, to know that I've cleaned house and have intentionally made room to welcome him in his presence and to know the depth of his joy even amongst the pain. So I'm going to ask Anthony to come and lead us in communion. But before I do, I want to pray for us. And so if you would just bow your heads where you are and maybe this morning you've been able to think and identify some things. But I just want to pray for us this morning. God, would you help us to identify the things that we have used to, de- to clutter up our lives? Would you help us to identify the things that are consuming so much time and energy and effort and to learn what it means to make room for your presence, to make room for the joy that you have for us, to prepare our hearts for you. So Father, forgive me. Forgive us for becoming so entangled with the world that we miss out on you. Help us, Lord, to squarely face and submit to you the problems that keep me from enjoying your wonderful presence, your peace, and your joy. And would you fill our hearts with your life-giving spirit that we would recognize what it means to make room for you, to prepare our hearts, and to welcome in the joy of your presence. We ask this in your name. Amen.